Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5 verse 4. It says, for whatsoever is born of God. Hallelujah. For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. I'm not saying that other scriptures are not powerful, but there are truths that are more powerful than other truths. Like grace superabounds the law. So is this. This truth superabounds many truths. Hallelujah. The Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God, it overcometh the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do I have a born again Christian here? Do I have somebody born of God here? The Bible says, Whatsoever is born of God, it overcometh the world. And he says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, comma, even our faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, this is the victory that overcometh what? Even our what? So what overcomes the world? What overcomes the world? No, no. Let me ask again. I want to hear everyone saying it. What overcomes the world? Our faith. He says, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Remember, he said, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world in the man or woman who is born of God. He says, it is your faith. You see, as you understand the God life, as you understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ, as you understand what it means to be a child of the Most High, as you understand what it means to belong to the God kind, as when you understand that the genes of Jehovah God are inside of you, when you understand that you're born not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God that liveth and abideth forever, as you continue abiding yourself with such consciousness, certain things start to shock you, that are normal to human nature. Recently I've been meditating on the scripture. Of how when Jesus went to his own. And the Bible says. I think it's Mark chapter 6. And the Bible says he could not do miracles among his own. And the Bible says he was amazed at their unbelief. He was he was shocked at their unbelief. He was not just disappointed that they could not believe. He was shocked that they could not believe. 
do you think Jesus was shocked that they could not believe? There was something in the nature. There was something in his nature that understood the working and power of God, the completion of God's promises and its fulfillment. Because every promise of God comes with the power to fulfill. So he was shocked that he was giving them the word and they, he was trying to pray for the sick and they were not getting healed. The Bible says he marveled because of their unbelief. When you continue growing in this God life, eh, you get shocked that some people can't believe. You start getting shocked that some people don't believe for divine health. You start getting shocked that some people don't believe for divine provision. You start getting shocked at how somebody can listen to the word for so long and still doubt. It shocks you. It shocks you. May you be marveled when men don't believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that means you've matured in faith. You have to be the nature that gets so shocked at a man who does not have faith. Sometimes I ask myself, and this is what I was meditating over. What was the son of God thinking? When he was laying hands on the sick. His mindset was they have to be healed. And what was the result as he laid hands? They did not get healed. As I was supposed to. The Bible says he did, could not. He could not save. He, he, he could not do mighty works. Save that he lays his hands upon a few sick folk. And healed them. A few sick folk. When you study the Greek there. It's minor illnesses. That means when Jesus went in his own. He could only heal flu. He could only heal the son of God. But look at his nature. As Jesus. He gets shocked. He's marveled at their unbelief. When I read that, I was like, God, I have to every other day understand this so fully that I marvel at unbelief. You, you have to grow to a level where you marvel at unbelief. Somebody listens to the word for years and he comes out and says, you know what? For me, the word is not working for me. And you're like, what? Why are you saying it's not working for you? Because I've been listening to the gospel for many years, but nothing has yet happened. And let me tell you something. This is, this is funny. The Bible says, he laid his hands upon a few sick and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. When he realized that they did not have belief, what did he do? The next line says, and he went round about teaching in the villages. He realized what the problem was. When a man does not have enough faith, Continue teaching him. There is no, some of you, there are things that you are supposed to be fixing. That a man of God is not supposed to be fixing. They are in your reach to do by the word of God. And you think that somehow you're going to skip the word and find some fellow. And he says, power. And then, no, some move. Make your exodus. Go on the mountain, come back. I always tell people some things exist in the knowledge realm. If you've prayed enough and things haven't worked, you understand what I'm saying. But you see, when, when you look at how the Christ works, when he sees and is marveled at their unbelief, he knows what their problem is. Their problem is they've not grown in faith. What does he do? He didn't get them and says to, Shut up, Baba, you spirit of unbelief, fire, no. 
There are things even God cannot do. And a man would be deceiving to do. Can I say that again? There are things even your creator cannot do. That a man would be deceiving you to tell you he can do. Whether by gift or operation of demonstration of any other sort. If Jesus failed, if I was taken in the same place, I would still fail. This was an unbelief issue. What did he do? He went back in the villages and realized, "Uh uh-uh, the problem is teaching. Let me continue teaching until they understand the gospel. So if you're here and you've tried and things are not yet working, listen deep. But I've listened. No, you're not yet listening. He says, give yourself wholly to these things. And the Bible says, and you'll what? Your profit will be evident among all. People will look at you and say, this woman, this man has listened to the word enough. There comes a time where the word sinks so much in you that it is inevitable that you'll have results. You cannot dodge that stage. Even us, there were times we believed. And you check your pocket and there is nothing. And you believe again. And then you change your pocket and there is nothing. And you still believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And nobody could convince me that I was broke. Because my inner man bore witness with the Holy Ghost. That if Jesus has said, if the Son of God has said, it doesn't matter what I feel, I'm healed. If the Son of God has said, it doesn't matter what I have, I am rich. If the Son of God has said, it doesn't matter how many curses you think you see, I am the blessed of the Lord. When the son of God has said, it doesn't matter whether you see me at the end of the road and there is no hope beyond that day. I will break. But we got convinced way before even the results came. That is the victory that overcomes this world. Even our faith. There is something about a man Who makes up to believe God. I already say that. There's something about a man. A woman who says God. I am ready to believe you. It might look so crazy. It might look unclear. It might look like it. But I still believe in you. A time comes when things flip. Tell your neighbor a time comes. When things flip. That's why I tell people. When you go the way of faith. Prepare to be crazy. He says, this gospel is foolishness to them that perish. That means when a man looks at you and you look crazy, but you're still believing, he's the perishing one. He's the perishing one. When you start looking foolish because you believe, the man who sees you foolish is perishing. That's what the Bible says. And oh, they used to put demands on us. Okay, now that you're born again, now let us see. 
And honestly, there is nothing they can see. But inside you know. It's there. Are you hearing me? I remember one time. I was so sick. I got the Bible. I put sickness in the room. I, mama. It was World War. You understand? That's how I deal with everything. You have to get to a point where poverty looks at you and it runs. Demons look at you and they flee. If they're in people, they have to manifest. That's why I told you. We either revive or we offend. We, don't, we can't be political. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe God. Say it again and say, I believe God. Now, the Bible says in the next verse 5 of 1 John chapter 5, he says, who is he that overcometh the world? Right? Who is he? Now he's asking a question. That overcometh the world. But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. That's a question. But he does not end there. He continues in the next verse and says, This is he, who? The Jesus, that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only. He says, but by water and blood. It is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is true. He's saying that Jesus we're talking about is not the Jesus that comes only by the witness of water. He's talking about the Jesus who comes by the witness of the water and the blood. He says that is the one. If you have believed that one, you overcome. The question then ultimately is, which Jesus did you believe? It's not, it's not, it's not about anything. It's not about anybody. Let's now become personal to you. Which Jesus did you believe? Did you believe a Jesus who is only by water? Did you believe a Jesus who is only by blood? Did you believe a Jesus who is neither by water but by blood, but you only know him as a savior? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. It is possible to have somebody in service every day, but they ascribe to another Jesus. It's possible for somebody to sit in a meeting every week, but he has another Jesus. He believes in another form. Because the foundation was wrong by which they, they introduced the Christ to that individual. It is possible for somebody to come for service Thursdays, everywhere. You're going everywhere for service. But you see, every time they're preaching about Jesus, the one they're talking about is not the one you know. That's why Paul says, if there cometh any man that preacheth another Jesus. He tells you the Jesus that Silvanus preached. Timotheus preached. Apostle Grace, in him there was no name. The one you're talking about, in him, 
You see, when you ask God, sometimes he can say no. The, the, that one is not the God of Fanero. You picked it from somewhere and brought it. The Jesus we know, the son of God, Jesus Christ, who has preached among you by us, even by me, Sylvanat and Timotheus, was not here and nay, but in him he said was. For the promises of God are yeah. And amen. To the glory of God. That is the Jesus I know. That is the one I know. Things might have not changed fully. But I know. It's a matter of time. He cannot deny me. The Bible says. For if he did not withhold. His own dear son. If. If. He could not withhold. Give me the Amplified. The Amplified says, the Amplified version, he says, he who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him, one, freely and graciously, give unto us all other things? If he could not hold Christ back from you, why do you think that he can hold anything back from you? The Jesus you're talking about is not the Jesus I know. Tell somebody, my Jesus, in him is yeah. There is no nay. And Paul warns the church. He said, you could receive another Christ. Sit in service. But you're, you, 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 you're listening to the word. But the picture in your head is another one. That's why it's important to understand. That's why Jesus, when he sees that they don't have faith, they cannot believe. He's marveled at their unbelief. The solution is teaching. Listen. No man can do it another way. If the son of God realizes that what you need is teaching. Because you're struggling in faith. No man of God can do it another way. He is the standard. If things are not working, go deeper in the word. If things are not yet working. Are you hearing me? Some of us, you should meet us. Oh my God. You, you read the word. It's not yet working. You start speaking it until you look crazy. You're driving, talking. You're walking, talking. You're doing things, talking. You're, people look at you, but what's wrong with you? No, you don't get it. I'm, I'm, I have to convince my spirit. So in that process, I might appear crazy. But these things work. They do work. Tell your neighbor they do work. He says, ye are of God, little children. And you have overcome the world. He says, ye are of God, little children. And ye have overcome them. For greater is he which is in you than he that is in the world. But do you see how he began it? Ye are of God. Ye are of God. And have overcome them. Somebody say, I'm of God. When any situation comes, first consciousness, I'm of God. But there are people, when things happen, oh my God, you should, I can't believe it. Who am I? Where am I? My father, daddy, uncle, cousin. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Then after that, you remember, oh, they preached a sermon the other Thursday. Oh, that is not how so we've learned Christ. First consciousness. First consciousness, I'm of God. 
But you see, this disease can't be healed. I am of God. But you see, this cannot change. I am of God. That's the first consciousness. First consciousness. I'm of God. I'm of God. I'm of God. And the hand of the Lord is upon me. The hand of the Lord is upon me. You say to yourself, the hand of the Lord is upon me. The favor of God is upon me. The grace of God is on my life. His eyes are on me. First consciousness. Greater is he which is in you than he that is in the world. There's a gentleman I met who was brought to this meeting. Witchcraft was sent in their house. And he didn't even know what kind it was, but they knew somebody did it to them. And this person destines their life to being crippled, right? This young man sits in a car, gets in a car accident, breaks his leg up to half. The doctors tell him you have to lose the other leg, half. They cut it off. And I meet him with that one leg. Three months later, his brother also sits in a car, gets an accident, breaks a leg, the same right leg, right? The doctors say, you're going to lose half, the same right half. There are two guys walking with, I said, the devil is a liar. And by the way, I wish I have a moment one time to explain to people the repetition of things because some people need to understand how serious these things are. I'll give you another example. We're counseling a lady. At the age of 14, a guy raped her. At the age of 14. She got pregnant. And her parents sent her to live with that man by force. And he married her. And then she had her child. And her child at the age of 14 also was raped by the same man who raped her. These things are happening. These things are happening. When you start to see a repetition of things, more so in your family, more so in your own household. A woman contracts HIV, her child contracts HIV. When you start to see a repetition of things in your own household, you must learn how to fight. Some people think the the devil jokes. The devil doesn't joke. The devil does not joke. Are you hearing me? There is nothing he does that is joking. No. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? There is no part of and joke. He is not joking. But I am come, he says, that you might have life and life to the fullest. When you start to see such things happening in the lives of men, As a man of God, I got holy anger. I wanted to look for that thing and see where it is. And see how to deal with it. Because how can a child of God go through that? Do you understand what I'm saying? How can a believer go through that? There are things, even if they look like they were destined on your life, at least God 
because of who you are. He, he deliberately takes them off you. Acts chapter 2 verses 4. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. The Bible says, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken unto my words. Continue down. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is the third hour of the day, but that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Of, eh, listen. He speaks of Jesus, who God raised up. Eh, listen. And he says, liberating from the pangs, liberating him from the pangs of death, seeing that it was not possible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by it. It wasn't about God saying he didn't want all he wanted to. He says he had to deliver Jesus from death. It, it, it was destined for the Son of God to die. But God would not lose that story without delivering him from the pangs of death, seeing that it was impossible. It was not possible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by it. What, what is God trying to tell you? Even if they diagnose you with the worst disease, it will have to leave your body. Seeing that it is not possible for it to continue retaining you. Even if in your family there is a demon spirit of poverty, it has an expired date. Seeing that it is not possible for it to continue controlling you. Oh, there are people in our family, they don't get married. For you, there is a time where it will have to release you. Why? Seeing that it is not possible For it to continue retaining you. He was the son of God. When you understand who you are. It doesn't matter how bad your story is. Seeing that it is not possible. For it to continue. To control you. God will make a way. Where there seems to be no way. Somebody said hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not possible. For me to fail. Even if I try. It's not possible. For me to stay down. Something picks me up. Somehow. Do you understand what I'm saying? God. Will bring you out. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how high. It doesn't matter how far. God will bring you out. The Jesus. Silvanus. Timotheus. Apostle Grace and Paul preach. He will bring you out in the name of Jesus. So I looked at this predicament and I said, there are things that should not happen to Christians. But you see, it's because we have not understood what it means to live the glorious life. We've been taught to anticipate evil, to anticipate pain, to anticipate attacks, to accept. eh? Some people even pray the prayer of St. Francis of Assis. Help me to accept the things that I cannot change, the serenity to... That's a cease. He says with God. All things are. Possible. There is nothing in this world. You cannot change by the word of God. He would not say whosoever shall say. He could not have used the word whosoever. He would have said but there are exceptions. Of those who like a Might never be able to change. No. This is 2019. It's not St. Francis of Assis. I thank God for him, but
I thank God for the word. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, let's go to this Jesus. The Jesus, he said, of the overcomer. The Bible says he comes by water and the blood. Are you following me? Or maybe let me go a bit deeper for you. Next verse 7 says, I don't, I don't know whether I plan to say this, but let me help somebody. He says, for there are three things that bear record in heaven. He says, the Father, the Word, the Greek word there is Logos, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are, and the next verse says, and there are three things that bear witness in the earth. He says, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Did you hear that? In heaven, it is the, the Father, uh-huh, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. On earth, it is the Spirit, uh-huh, the water, and the blood. Are you following me? Now, let me explain this. The first one where the Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost are, he speaks of at the entirety and authority of the Word in its force and form. Logos. Complete. Are you hearing me? When we transition into the physical world, we come with not much manifestation as we carry in the metaphysical or the unseen world. Right? The Bible tells you that the things that are not seen were made or, or, or do make or create the things that are seen. For by faith we understand, it says that the worlds, the, 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 the worlds, the eons were framed by the word of God. So that the things that, that are seen, he says, were brought about by things which are not what? Seen. And he says the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. That means everything you see physically was made by things that don't appear. That's what they call the metaphysical world. The world without form. Without form. Without shape. Without the unseen. Right? And God tells you that what the, see, the world you don't see creates everything you see. Are you following? And he tells you in the heavens, which is the metaphysical nature, the Father, Logos, and the Holy Ghost. In the physical form, he speaks of the spirit, which are not seen physically, but they have their effect on the physical earth. He speaks of the water and he speaks of the blood. This Jesus that we're talking about, the Bible says he came by water and by blood. Right? Now, the Bible says, and you must understand, when God uses both water and blood, they all have one distinctive identity in their form of operation. Water and blood all have the same distinctive character on the operation of the believer, and which is they wash, they cleanse. Are you following me? The Christ of the overcomer is a cleanser. He's a washer, and we're coming to that. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, Jesus Christ, he is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
Now he tells us here that blood in its own washes us. Right? Hebrews 9.19 When Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and goats with the water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. Water and blood he sprinkled. That, that's, that's, that's why you can't get enough in the law because it's a sprinkler. It's not doesn't wash, it sprinkles. It, it, it's just a shadow of things to come. It's, it just gives you a sample of great things. It's just a schoolmaster that leads you. It, but let's go deeper here. In verses 20, he said, this is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood, both the tabernacle on the tabernacle and all the verses of the ministry. And he says in verses 22, and almost all things are purged with blood. All things are washed, are cleansed with blood. But remember, he said almost all. That means what is not washed by the blood must be washed by something else. And that is the water. Are you following? The Jesus that, okay, let me probably help you understand. When he talks about the washing of the blood, He's dealing with sin. When you are washed by the blood of God, you're not conscious that you're a sinner. You're conscious of your sainthood. All saints. All saints. No sinner. You're conscious. You're conscious of the washing of the blood. There's somebody here who is not healed of a disease. Because you have not received the forgiveness of sin. It has been given. The washing has taken place of the blood. But you have refused to embrace that washing. You still carry a guilt conscience. And you still think you deserve to be sick. Because of the sin you did in 2015. That is why we don't get people healed. Because they don't know that they're forgiven. Kenneth Hagen used to call it the double cure. He used to say, you cannot believe in the forgiveness of sins and not believe in the healing of the body. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon you. The other half, by his stripes, you were healed. You cannot be a person who believes in the forgiveness of sins and healing is not in your body. But how come I pray to God for healing and I don't see healing? You still don't yet understand how much forgiven and washed you are in the precious blood of God. The day you understand how much washed you are, divine health will come to you. Because you will know you're not healthy because of what you did or what you didn't do. You're healthy because you believed on him who washes by the blood and the water. There are things that are not working in many people's lives because they are sin conscious. They are not righteous conscious. Until you have understood that, you have not understood what it means to be washed in the blood. So he deals with that part. Said that the sin principle is killed because he says, for the strength of sin is the law. If you weaken sin, if you weaken sin, you have to get rid of the law. Or if you get rid of the law, 
you weaken sin. So what does he do? He gets the law off and gives you grace. And he says, I have forgiven you. So sin and all manner of concupiscence submits to the love of God operating on your life. Because, for he says, for I was alive without the law. But when the law came, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The revival of sin is the bringing of the law. When you take away the law, you kill sin. But some people think that when you keep the law, sin lives. Which Bible, oh sorry, which Jesus are we talking about? Not the Jesus of the Bible. Are you following what I'm saying? There is nothing God can't take out of your body. There is nothing God can't fix in your life. You must first understand that you are forgiven. The consciousness that you are forgiven. You don't need a sign of healing to know you're forgiven. No. You must first know that you're forgiven. Then the manifestation will come. Because almost all are patched, but not all. There is another half that needs to be patched, washed or cleansed. And that is where the word comes in. Somebody shout hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25. He says, husbands love your wives even, listen, as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Underline loved. He has loved the church and gave himself for it. Next verse. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Now, how does Christ cleanse the church? How does Christ sanctify the church? How does he wash it? By water. It's by loving it. He loves the church that he might sanctify it. That means where there is no love, there is no sanctification. Where there is no love, there is no cleansing. There is no water where the revelation of love is not. The law is not a preacher of love. Grace is a preacher of love. That is why we preach grace. Because grace cleanses as he imputes righteousness on you. Blessed be the man of whom the Lord imputed not sin, but imputes righteousness. Are you following what I'm saying? As we preach grace, we are imputing righteousness. And as we are imputing righteousness, you're being washed. You're being cleansed by the washing of the water. Are you hearing me? So he says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the rema. Now logos. That he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the rema. That he might present it to himself. A what? A, a, a losing church? A surviving church? A failing church? A striving church? No. He says as a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. That means when glory is not manifesting on your life, there's a spot on you. When you're not living a glorious life, there's a wrinkle. Now he's telling you, 
when he was talking about the things, the witnesses of heaven, he spoke of the Father, the Word, which is Logos, and the Holy Ghost. But he says, but when we get on the earth, the Holy Ghost is there. The blood is there for the forgiveness of their sins. But I'm not going to represent the Word as the Word. This time, I will represent it as the water. That means... It's not just about logos. It's about the revelation in the logos. It's about the rhema in the logos. It's not just. You're not going to be happy and live a glorious life because you read the Bible. No. But the revelation in the word is what's going to change your life. Who is understanding what I'm saying? No. This is where the dichotomy is drawn. This is where the difference between light and darkness is drawn. This is where the difference between glory and failure is. Do you know the difference between the word spoken of as witness in the heavens and the water spoken as of as witness on the earth? Because they are both the same, they are the word, but the other one is a complete logos. This one is telling you when it comes on the earth as the word, we are looking for what is water. We are looking for what through love can cleanse. We are looking for what through love can sanctify. We're looking for what through love can remove spot, wrinkle, and blemish or any such thing. If we get to that, then that is the Christ we're talking about. He came by the water and by the blood. That one, when you understand that Christ and believe in that Christ. Results are inevitable. Why? Because you're a preacher of grace. And the law is not of faith. You cannot say that I believe in the law, but I'm also, I also have faith. No. He said the law is not of faith. When you come out to say I'm believing God, the first thing you strip yourself of is the law. Because the law is not of faith. We are still laboring to help men understand that the grace gospel is not just a doctrine and a movement telling people to sin. It is the guarantee of the preaching of the true Christ. And if we give men the true Christ and we always give the double-sidedness of the sword. When he says that the word of God is a what? It's a double-edged sword. One edge is the blood and the other edge is the water. We tell men the forgiveness of sins. That God died for their sins. He cleansed them of all sin. And he loves them. He believes in them. If they can understand that, and then we get here, right? And now tell them that because of the blood, the forgiveness of your sins, right? The, 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 the sanctification from all sin. Now, through the washing of the water, we can impute wealth. We can impute victory. We can impute glory. All manner of glory. From financial freedom to healthy families. Everything starts to work. Your business works. Your career works. Everything starts to fall in line. But when you start working, people say, are you looking for glory? Yes. Look at that woman. Do you want to understand what glory is like? Yes. Go to Fanero. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you want to know what glory looks like? Look at that brother. There is something on his life that has changed. The blood is for the issue of sin as the water is for the issue of glory. And this Christ is not by only water, but by water and blood. 
If you believe in that one, he says, you overcome. Ask your neighbor, which Christ? Get to your feet. Did you learn something? Now, we are going to speak five minutes of tongues. Five. Non-stop uninterrupted. Are you hearing me? Five minutes of tongues non-stop. If you don't have tongues, for five minutes, claim every... Listen, you are forgiven. Jesus shed his blood for you. And when he shed his blood for you, the Bible says, for as far as the east is your west, so have I what? Blotted out your what? Your sins. And he says, and I shall remember them no more. But even more so, the Bible says that he has ordained us for glory. The Bible says that we are a glorious church. The Bible says that through love, spots and wrinkles leave us. The Bible says, us, says that he, we are sanctified because Christ gave himself for us. The glory is in the water. Like the forgiveness of sins is in the blood. If we preach that Christ, men of God, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. It overcomes the world. When you preach such a someone, the anointing just comes. And I feel it heavy. And I see the power of God falling on some individuals now. You're entering a realm of glory <laughs> like you have never seen before. God is not a liar. For somebody tonight, it was your moment. You never knew when. Like David went out to take food for his brethren. But that was the day he was to gain favor before Israel. Some of you simply came to pray. But you're walking out with something way bigger than words can articulate. Open your mouth and start speaking in tongues. The mystery revealed through love and sacrifice, not of my own. Where I 
What a beautiful day Let me speak words over you I decree and I declare That the glory of God is evidently on your life That he that came by word and blood Has promised you That he has ordained you for glory He has spoken with his mouth That you are blessed He has said it that you shall increase and multiply. He has told you that he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. That he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That he has loved you with an everlasting love. That he has forgiven and forgotten. For that reason I know that you overcome even your faith. Believe it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. May God change your life. May he change your family. May he change your ministry. I feel something so heavy. Holy Spirit, for whosoever you have ordained this for, locate them. There's somebody here, I hear what say something has fallen on you for the sake of your family. Your father's house. Glory! Those related to you will change because of you. Money will come because of you. Health will come because of you. Deliverance will come because of you. Strife will cease because of you. Somebody say, God, for my family, I receive it. For my household, I receive it. For my children's children. Give the Lord a man of praise. Now, if you have not believed on this son I've been talking about for the past one hour, the things we have preached are useless to you. But you can make them of purpose and profit tonight by making the simplest but most powerful decision of your life to make Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you shed your blood for me, that you forgave all my sins. And now tonight, I receive you as my Lord and Savior who was raised for my glory. I'm born again. Amen. We have very many glorious days ahead of us. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We have many glorious days ahead of us. We have many, many glorious days ahead of us. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org.
Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.